0: What's going on everybody, it's you and it's your back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? How y'all doing? I hope y'all are doing good. I hope y'all are doing well. I hope y'all are having a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. And before we even get into anything today, before we get into any topics or anything like that, I just want to start off with prayers for the uh for all those who soft, suffered issues one way or another in tennessee with the tornado all those who are affected i just pray that god be with those families and that the love of god surrounds them and keeps them and protects them and i know a lot of people were affected by that i mean there was like 25 deaths that have been confirmed so far and they're still missing like 22 people so i just want to pray for those families that that um, that it will be well with them and that God would just see them through this difficult, and difficult times. And even those who didn't lose anybody that those who are going through this trial and this tribulation and this difficult time that the love of God would just surround them and they would get love and aid from all over the place. Cause um, it can't be easy. It cannot be easy with all the issues that's going on and even prayers out to all those who are uh, dealing with the loss of a loved one during this coronavirus situation and all this stuff. Um, just prayers out to each and every single one of them it's uh trying and tough time i know i didn't even know that the issue issue had happened um my dad texted me i was like yo i hope you guys are fine and when he was talking about it and then when he texted me that it happened in tennessee i called my friend who lives uh close to nashville and um i was scared because you know um i was just hoping that nothing happened to him he was fine, and his family was fine, so I was glad about that, but it was still a scary situation, still very, uh, very scary that that went through. It was a very deadly tornado, and we are entering that time, at least in the United States, especially if you're in the middle, in the Midwest or down South, it's becoming, the, it's spring season, which means tornadoes, and uh, and yeah, so... We've been having a whole lot of rain, and with that comes change in weather. And when weather starts changing like this, we have a lot of these kind of storms. So just praying for protection and that everybody stays safe out there. Just be careful, stay safe, do what you can on your own, and just, I guess, leave it the rest to God. That's all we can do at the end of the day. There's not really much that we can do each and every day, but just got to pray. Leave it up to God. But anyway moving on from a little bit more somberness but let's get right into the topics for today and it's gonna be strictly focused on this whole coronavirus and what it's doing in the markets as a whole we're gonna start off with how the coronavirus is affecting everything and then we're gonna go down to some of the information that different banks have been putting out as to how the coronavirus or how they predict the coronavirus will affect the world as a whole and then from there we will talk on on some interesting news and then we'll close it out with some numbers that i think that we all need to know i'm gonna start a new segment called numbers you need to know um we're not gonna have it every week but we'll have it every once in a while when interesting numbers that i believe that we can all learn a thing or two for because we see it on the news all the time or maybe some of us see it on the news but we see it on the news and well we, you may see it, and you're like, "What does that mean?" They talk about it on the news, they don't really explain what that means or that, how it affects you. I'm gonna be breaking down some of those numbers, and it has, it is some numbers that I have used on here in the past, and I've never really fully explained it to everyone. So today, we're gonna to break down some of those interesting numbers or numbers that I find interesting, that I think you will find interesting as well. But let's start from the bloodbath that was last week in the stock market, last week and the beginning of this week, and even yesterday. The stock market was bad, dog. It was bad. It looked like a bloodbath. And we say a bloodbath mainly because when you looked at the stock market tr- uh, charts, it just looked, everything was in red. Like everything was just down, down, down. Every single stock, whether it was the Dow, Dow Jones, whether it was the NASDAQ, whether it was the S&P 500, every single stock, every single major trading stock, or rather every single major trading index was all in in flux. Everything was in negative. So much so... That for the first time we saw something called market correction every single every single index went into market correction now your question is what exactly is market correction market correction is when markets fall 10 10% from recent highs so basically if a market goes into like it has been great gaining recently which the stock market has to thinking about like things like Tesla thinking about Amazon thinking about Apple thinking about Google all of those were hidden record highs remember whether it was three weeks ago, we're talking about how the stock market was hitting record high after record high after record high. The market will correct itself eventually because it shouldn't be that high unless we're going to have other issues. So we finally hit that market correction phase and the market dropped 10%. So much so that the market as a whole lost about $4 trillion in value. I mean, I saw a chart, I saw a picture where Apple lost about $200 billion in value. Microsoft lost about $250 billion in value. All these different countries lost a whole lot of money in value because of the coronavirus situation, because of the manufacturing situation which was affecting every single market, especially travel agencies, especially travel companies, especially flying companies. Every single one of those got hit really, really hard. Cruise liners, theme parks, things like that got hit very hard from this whole coronavirus situation. The S&P 500s of all the markets was the one that got hit the worst. It dropped about 15.8% last week and going into the uh, early parts of this week. That was Monday and Tuesday of this week. And you'll be hearing this podcast on thursday so monday and tuesday but the market seems to be recovering now and we will talk about why that is going on and the reason of why the market as of the end of today today being wednesday why the market was being kind of increasing a little bit the market was going up again we'll talk about that later on but overall the news some of the news that came out of the from different economists and different banks Just shows us how the coronavirus is affecting the market as a whole. So we'll start with Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs, not stacks. Who said stacks? Goldman Sachs, which overall usually is one of the more bullish companies on the market, or one of the more bullish Wall Street investment banks in, in when it comes to investment banking. But because of the coronavirus and because of the effect that it's been having they're very bearish looking at their profit profit growth for the year 2020 when looking at the S&P 500 the bank says that if the covid-19 if covid sticks around if it continues to spread it could wipe out all aggregate profit of growth for the S&P 500 in 2020 what does that mean it means that the way investing works is basically something called compound interest so compound interest is something everybody gets that works in your favor except if you have debt if you have debt it works against you basically let's say you invest a hundred dollars into a stock into a stock and let's say over the over the year that hundred dollars uh, grows at ten percent at the end of the year now that you have a hundred and ten dollars now let's say the next year you don't touch that money you You leave the hundred dollars in there, so the next year it, 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 it improves another ten percent, so now it's a hundred it it's a hundred and eleven dollars or rather it's eleven dollars that's gonna grow by so therefore now you have a hundred and twenty one dollars and then the year after that another ten percent and so when you look at that, then it goes from a hundred and twenty one dollars to a hundred and forty two dollars so it's kind of like that it keeps growing and growing and growing. What goldman sachs is saying that that aggregate profit growth is going to be wiped out like all the growth that should be seen in this year is going to be wiped out because of the coronavirus fears the chief strategist for goldman sachs david costing wrote our reduced forecast reflects the severe decline in chinese economic activity in the first quarter lower end demand for the u.s exporters supply chain disruption a slowdown in the US economic activity and elevated uncertainty. There's that word again, uncertainty. Uncertainty is the worst thing for investors. When investors don't know how the market is going to act, when investors don't know how companies are going to react, when investors don't know how consumers are going to react to different situations, they don't like it. It doesn't allow them to make the best decision about a stock. It doesn't allow them to make the best investment decision. So uncertainty, we've been talking about it multiple times. Uncertainty, uncertainty, uncertainty. Volatility. When you have high uncertainty, you have high Volatility, which is what we're having in the market. So Costin and his team say that they expect profit growth to tick up to six percent in 2021. But at where we are standing right now, with not knowing if COVID is going to slow down, we're already getting cases being reported here in the United States. We had the first death in California. We've already had 10 deaths from the coronavirus in Washington. Even though, after talking with my sister, who's a doctor, so shout out to her. One day she's gonna be on this podcast, but shout out to her. She was talking about how the coronavirus, as we, I said, remember when we were listening to, I said this, way way back before where the coronavirus is not nearly as deadly as the flu like more people have died from the flu so far this year than they have from the than worldwide from the coronavirus so i'm not saying it's not an issue it's still an issue and you should take every precaution that you can possibly take washing your hands everywhere you go wash your hands don't just go eat and don't don't just go anywhere public and then go and eat wash your hands take all the precautions make sure that you're not allowing anybody to cough into your face or anything like that by the way don't just go buy a mask that's not going to help you that's not going to do anything for you but make sure you're taking all the precautions just like you would do and in flu season have a hand sanitizer when you go anywhere public um wash your hands as often as you can just take precautions. Use Clorox wipes to wipe down any public utensils or any public facility that you'll be using. Just to make sure that you take care of yourself and you prevent this thing for yourself. But however, this is not something to be that the media is making a hysteria. It's not that bad. And then also, there's already different companies that are working on the uh, vaccine. Not to say that the vaccine will be ready. A lot of estimates said that the vaccine probably won't be ready until next year. However, there are precautions, and because The coronavirus really has only targeted and really hurt people on both extremes what do i mean by extremes? really young people and really old people who don't have as strong as an immune system so you know make sure you're taking precautions especially for children if you have children take all the precautions that you can possibly take because they get sick a whole lot easier than anybody else but anyway that's my little tirade as far as the coronavirus issue goes but yeah like i was saying They're saying that by 2021, we should see an increase in profit growth, but from where we're standing right now, where we don't know how well the coronavirus has been contained or if it's going to be contained by a certain time, everybody's expecting that and hoping that it is contained by the end of this first quarter, which is the end of March. So we're already coming close to that end of the first quarter. And if it's not by then, like I said, they're expecting that the whole aggregate profit growth for this year is going to be wiped out. Anyway, and then after that, Bank of America, wants to never ever be left out of a topic of impending doom, had to add more gas to the fire. They said that it's not just profit growth that will be stunted in 2020. They are forecasting that global GDP, again, what is GDP? Global domestic product growth will be slowed down, going from 3.3% growth last year, and this year is going to be 2.8%. Now you might say, oh, 3.3% to 2.8%, that's not a big growth. That's not a big number, but when you look at it at the grand schemes of trillions of dollars, that makes a big difference. That is different jobs. That is different um, different opportunities for investments. That is different. All these kind of little things that we don't think about when we're thinking about things like, oh, it's not like the way you do your budget. 3.3% of your budget may not be that big. I mean, it's not for me. It's probably a couple of cents, so it's easier to like kind of laugh at and sneeze at, but on a grand scheme of things. When you're thinking about countries, when you think about trading partners, when you think about suppliers, when you think about just think about the the gross domestic product of the United States, it's trillions upon trillions of dollars. So 3.3% of that is billions and billions of dollars. So it's not something that you just want to let go like that. So when something shrinks, it's a big deal to have that kind of slowed down growth rate means jobs that people won't be able to get hired as they're getting out of school stuff like that and that's a fear that's coming out of a lot of investors this would be the first year of and if that happens it will be the first year of sub three percent global growth since 2009 and once again there's that year again 2008 2009 if anybody knows anything from what I always talk about when it comes about the business world 2008 2009 was a very scary period it was when the recession was going on it was when all those issues were going on the housing market crashed and all that stuff and so to even have anything that keeps... We keep on having all these little, little things that keep pointing back to that time period, keep pointing back to that 2008, 2009. We haven't had low numbers like this since 2008, 2009. And it's the same thing that keeps happening over and over and over and over just to show you how big a deal this thing is, to show you how big of an effect COVID is having on the world as a whole. Much of the... Of the issues is being pinned down to the slowdown in China and its neighbors when you think about Chinese neighbors you're thinking about Thailand you're thinking about Vietnam you're thinking about a lot of the Asian markets which have had the most growth in the in the past 10 years and that growth and the decelerating of their manufacturing and decelerating of those countries growth is affecting the world all around and that effect is having an effect on every single person Bank of America chief chief economist Ethan Harris said extended disruptions in China should hurt global supply chains. Weak tourist uh, flows will be another headwind for China. Remember, we've been talking about tourism and limited outbreaks similar to the one in Italy. Remember, we talked about Italy last week are possible in many more countries, leading to more quarantines and weighing on even on the confidence of the market. So think about it. If there are more quarantines, it means less people are going to work, less people are able to go back shopping, which means automatically less money being made, less money being spent. And so it's going to have an effect. It's all—it's it's almost like a snowball effect. First, it starts out small, and then it rolls down, just like how you should be paying off your debt. You start out small, and then it rolls off. It just tapers off. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger, like how we talk about how does a, how do you get your bathroom flooded? It, t- it starts with the dripping of a faucet. It's just slowly, 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 and then the trickle down effect. It gets worse and worse and worse. Hopefully, the hope is that it doesn't get to all that point. However, The most important thing to take note of, even in these times as the market was crashing, even in these times as everything is going crazy and the world just seems to be upside down as far as the markets are concerned. For any of my investing folks out there, the only way you can weather the storm, like I said on Tuesday, the only way you can weather this whole coronavirus storm is for you to be cautious. Do not make any rash decisions right now. Do not be the one that is like, oh my God, the world is falling. And then you go sell all your stocks. You take your money out and you go and put it in your mattress. No. Be cautious. Be careful. There is nothing that you can do like I said on Tuesday. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Just wait it out. Look at the long term. Like I said on this channel, we focus on long-term investment. We're not short sellers on here. We're not short we're not trying to do any short-term investing of that sort. We're looking at the long term. We want to buy companies that we know will do well in the long term. Now, the ironic thing is that even with this whole thing, there were 5 companies Actually, not five. There were four companies that still experienced some kind of growth. Even though they saw losses, they also experienced some kind of growth. Even in this situation. Even during this whole coronavirus situation. It was small growth, but it was still growth. Can you guys guess what those companies are? If you guessed MAGA, you were right. The power of MAGA remains strong. I'm just kidding. It was Microsoft, Apple, Google and Amazon. Those four companies, even in these trying times, even in all this situation, they still experienced a little bit of growth, which is why I say for everybody's investment pro, por, uh, portfolio, make sure you have some kind of baseline of one of those companies as something key that holds everything else together. Because when everybody is experiencing all kinds of craziness, I mean, look at look at tesla for example tesla was experiencing all kinds of crazy highs like it got almost up to nine hundred dollars for a stock now that thing has come all the way down to 700 which might not be a bad time to buy buy tesla stock by the way so you need some of these like blue chip stocks like I, i talked about i think last week which can be the staple of the stability in your portfolio it gives you some kind of grounding so find Whatever it is that you're interested in, if it's tech, I'll say either invest in Apple, invest in Microsoft, invest in, um, Google. I wouldn't say Google or Amazon because their stock be expensive. Their stock stay over a thousand dollars. Apple and Microsoft, their stock is about 200 to 250 dollars. I'll say invest in those and let that be like a good stability option. For your portfolio and then build your portfolio out from there if you want some even cheaper options you have cheaper options like give me one second let me give you guys some options of some stocks that I think would be good for anybody to build out their portfolio it's some blue chip stocks like Disney is a good one Walmart is a good one Walmart is about hundred and twenty dollars one hundred and sixteen dollars somewhere around there Disney is about the same price those are good ones to invest in It's a good cheap stock costco is always good costco is still like a little bit expensive at 300 johnson and johnson is not a bad idea pepsi coca-cola actually coca-cola is probably one of your best bets because theirs is like 50 something dollars so that's a good option um home depot would be another good one that i would say to invest in and i'll say have stocks like those stocks that you know their name, you use their products, even though you don't know you use their products, but you use their products, you go there every day, invest in those kind of things that will be the stability, will be the stable factor in your portfolio. Now, I apologize for that. That was just another, like I say, this is the Rambling Mind podcast. So we will take tangents every once in a while, and I will go on a wild tirade talking about some other stuff. But nevertheless, don't freak out. The main thing is be cautious and do not freak out. Do not just act just because you heard one news or the other. Make sure that whatever company you choose to invest in, you're investing in that company for the long term. Not for the short term gain, but for the long haul that will continue to gain, will give you that consistent growth every single year. Yes, there will be years where you take unbelievable L's, but because you're investing in them for the long haul and you think that company over a span, a period of time, you trust and you believe that that company will do well that's why you invest in them on this channel we do long-term investment long-term investment that's what we like to do here something that will gain over and over and over and over again now in the future I want to break down compound interest on here they'll probably do that next week I don't talk about what exactly is compound interest I talked about it a little bit at the beginning and why you should have it on your side rather than counting against you if you have debt but anyway Moving on from there, we have some good news though. China has finally started going back to work very slowly. Apple announced some of its offices in China are open once again. Starbucks reopened most of its shutdown stores. They didn't give us an actual number. And China also announced that most of the smaller private companies are back to operating at at about a third of their normal production. And also the ports, the shipping ports are slowly opening back up and they're starting to go through. You know how like you live, you leave your house for a little bit and like you get a bunch of stuff delivered or let's say you move, you move from one place to another and you get all your stuff delivered and you're just going to show up to your new house later on. And that, that feeling of like opening the door and just realizing, Oh crap, we have all these boxes everywhere. We got to start putting everything where they need to go. That's the feeling that most of these people that work at the ports are starting to feel right now because they have a lot of inventory that they're so backlogged on that they got to catch up on. So it's good news, however, that they are slowly going back to work. However, China has to play a very, very, very level balancing act of rushing people back to work in order to get the economy back and running, and also having a pandemic on its house, on its hand by letting too many people go back to work too early. So it has to balance that off because it wants to boost its economic economic growth. It doesn't want a crisis on its hand, but however, it doesn't want the spread of the virus to all of a sudden jump right back up because they let people go to work back back to work too early. So anyway, moving on from there. I got a couple of interesting notes. If you guys didn't know, this weekend was National Girl Scout Cookie Weekend. I knew because I had a whole bunch of cookies that I bought. I don't know what it is. If I go to the store, I had to avoid going grocery shopping this weekend because I can't say no to little girls that be like, do you want to buy some Girl Scout cookies? I'm like, yes! Just take all the money! I mean, at work, oh man. At work, I got got. I mean, I spent like, $60 Sixty dollars on Girl Scout cookies. I mean, for real, dog. Even though I didn't even eat most of it, I ended up giving most of it away. But still, man, it was like I don't know. Like you got coworkers with their little kids, and then you see the picture of the little kids, and you're just like, oh yeah, you know what? It's swap thirty dollars for Girl Scout cookies. And it's just like, man, what are you doing, dog? But anyway, it was National Girl Scout cookies last weekend. And did you know? that girl scout cookies earns more revenue than oreos think about that for a second than oreos that's crazy dog one good thing of that has come out of the coronavirus situation is pollution has decreased over china according to the nasa and the european space agency who monitor pollution in our atmosphere they looked at it they said By this time last year, this was the amount of pollution, or rather, they didn't say this time last year. It was like literally in December versus what it is now. Pollution had decreased substantially, substantially. And they were measuring the amount of uh, nitric oxide, NO2, in the atmosphere, and it had decreased substantially. All right. Now, this is that segment I was talking about. It's numbers to know. Some interesting numbers. That I think you guys should know I will talk about it this is the education part this is where you grab your pen and your pencil this is where you listen very closely and you start taking notes anyway I'm just kidding you not take notes but there will be a quiz end. I'm just kidding I'm just, there's no quiz the first number I want everybody to know is 50.1 and you say 50.1 what does that mean 50.1 this was the uh, purchasing manufacturers index for February and then your question should be, what exactly is the Purchasing Manufacturing Index, or PMI, for short? PMI is the U.S. Manufacturing Report Index. And you're like, U.S. why don't they just call it U.S. Manufacturing Index? Because it is not actual. It is a survey that is done on manufacturers about the products that they are buying to get an idea of how much manufacturing is going on. So, you know. Economists, they can't be straight up. They got to be convoluted, whatever. But why does it matter? You should be asking that question. Why does the PMI matter? Thank you for asking. Well, it matters in the U.S. because manufacturing accounts for about 11% of the U.S. GDP. Now, the key thing to remember, 11% might seem like a small number, but 11% accounts, like we talked about earlier, a lot of money and a lot of jobs. So it's very important. So it's a very big deal. And also it tells us where exactly the economy currently is. So how do you know if it's a good number that they're announcing or a bad number? Generally speaking, a number above 50 means that the economy is expanding and a number below 50 means that the economy is contracted. So right now we had in, in, in February, we had 50.1% however when you look at january we had 50.9 remember last year when we we're talking about this we had a lot of negative manufacturing numbers we had a lot of 40 somethings last year so it was great when the report came out in january in february for january that it was 50.9 so now that we're going back to 50.1 it shows that the effects of the coronavirus is really affecting a whole lot of things now think about this this way in china China, which is known for its manufacturing, I mean, we've talked about it, it supplies about 25 to 30% of the world's everything. Their PMI is currently at 40.3 for February to tell you how bad it is as far as the coronavirus and situations and how we've been talking about how supply chains have been cut off. 40.3 for February in China and the US is 50.1. So the next number 0.5 percent what is 0.5 percent why does it matter the federal reserve yesterday or to y'all it'll be tuesday announced that they will be cutting interest rates much earlier than expected everyone was expecting them to cut interest rates about two weeks from now from when they met in march around march 18th and they'd made that cut because they met with the g7 summit or the other g7 now your question is Who exactly is the g7 the g7 is a meeting for the largest economies in the world well largest economies minus china because china doesn't want to be involved and that is canada france germany italy japan united kingdom and the united states you know china don't like listening to nobody so it ain't it ain't gonna be involved in that but anyway it is where they come together to decide for a different economic stimulus and how they're going to make sure that the economies of all the globe as a whole keeps going strong so yesterday, because of all the new reports of where, how coronavirus was spreading and everything, they got together, they hit that, they got on Zoom or on Skype or on iPhone. What do you, everybody was on there. They were like, yo, what we gonna do? Everybody was like in panic. They were like, yo, we need to make a decision. How are we gonna make our economy stay strong? And then they came together. They did a quick conference call. They decided, you know what? We're gonna start cutting rates. At least the U.S. decided that he was gonna cut rates. Other countries, don't really have that much wiggle room to be able to cut rates. I mean, in Australia, they announced that they were cu- cutting rates and they cut rates for interest rate to 0. 0.5, what was it, 0. 0.5 or 0.8%? I cannot remember right now, but yeah, it's below 1%. And other countries are like, mm, we've already been cutting rates a lot. We don't really have a whole lot of ammo left in our gun. So we don't really want to cut rates too early, but the U.S. has cut rates to 0.5%. The good news is, if you have debt, now is a perfect time to pay it all off because the servicing fee, which is the interest rate that you have to be paying on that debt is a whole lot less. However, for those of you who have savings accounts, well, it's not that good news for us because guess what? Our savings account values is going to start dropping because if the government's interest rate drops and the interest that they're paying on their loans drops it trickles down eventually to everybody. But the other good news is, if you're trying to buy a house, that interest rate gonna look so good. So also, for anybody who has a crazy interest rate on their house right now, Find a way and go and refinance on your house. It is a good time to refinance on your house right now and get yourself a cheap interest rate so you can pay your house down even faster. So you can send more towards the principal than you can towards the debt and to service the debt on the house. So anyway, moving on from there, the last number for today before I leave y'all so that y'all can do some things with yourselves is 1% you like we just talked about 0.5 percent 1% what is, what is all these numbers I told you you should be taking notes so what is 1% 1% is the number the US 10-year treasury yield fell below 1% for the first time in history it has never been below t- uh, 1% so your question automatically should be first of all what the heck is the US treasury yield or facts what is the treasury yield Treasury yield is the effective interest rate that the U.S. government pays to borrow money for different lengths of time. Remember? Yes. Uh, remember, we just talked about interest rates and how the Federal Reserve just cut it to point uh, cut it half a percentage point. Well, the, tre- uh, the Treasury yield is the amount that the U.S. government pays for on their debt that they get from whether it's from businesses or from other countries. And all that stuff so the important thing about Treasury yield to know is that the Treasury yield doesn't just influence how much the government pays to borrow money but it also affects how much investors earn by paying government bonds or by buying government bonds. Remember when we we're talking about this, that everyone runs the government bonds because they can at least make some more money off of their investments when they buy government bonds, because it's a safe bet. It's always going to give you some kind of a return, even though it's going to be trash returns. Remember, we've talked about it. You should be getting at least 10% return, but return is much better than negative 8% return. So a lot of people buy government bonds as a safe shelter for their money when things are going wrong. So, but that's not all. They also, the treasury yield also influences the interest rates that individuals and businesses pay to borrow money to buy real estate vehicles and equipments, or even on their credit cards. And so the key thing to know is treasury yields also tell us how investors feel about the economy. The higher the yield on the 10 year, the 20 year, and the 20, and the 30 year treasuries, the better the economic outlook, especially on that 30 year treasury. And right now, the 30 year treasury is looking trash. It's looking like hot garbage. It's barely over like 2%, which is terrible. That's not what you want for a 30 year economic outlook. So, the main thing to know is, right now, we're in a pickle. We are nowhere near being on the outside, I know the the markets on Wednesday actually had a little bit of a spike to end the day, but we are nowhere near the outside of the outside looking back in as far as it comes to dealing with this coronavirus situation. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all today. Before we get out of here, let's do a quick recap on everything that we talked about today. We started off talking about the bloodbath that was the markets from last week and early this week talking about how the S&P 500 lost 15.8% and how the markets as a whole lost about $4 trillion in value. If any one of you were checking any one of your investments, you should have seen a negative tick in growth instead of a positive one. We talked about how Goldman Sachs is no longer so bullish on the economy as a whole. It's looking very bearish because it's saying this whole coronavirus situation is not going to help anybody make any money. The Bank of America came out and said, "Hey." global domestic product you are going to see a shrinkage we're going to go from 3.3 percent to 2.8 percent and they're saying they're pinning all of that due to the fact that china's manufacturing slowed down however the main thing for everybody to know is to stay calm don't make any rash decisions and from there we talked about how china is slowly going back to work so that's good news and then we talked about a bunch of numbers we started with 50.1 which is the current purchasing manufacturers index aka the u.s manufacturing report where right now it's 50.1 which seems like a good number but however when you compare it to what we were at in january at 50.9 it's not that great and then we look at china's number as well that's reporting at 40.3.4 february and that's not wonderful it's just is basically confirming everything we have been talking about and thinking about when it comes to manufacturing slowdown. and then we talked about the feds which as we expected, reduced reduced interest rates. However, they did it early in the ballgame. Everybody expected them to do it two weeks from now, but they did it earlier because they needed to boost the economies after meeting with the other participants in the G7 summit. And then we closed it out explaining and talking about what the treasury yield is and how the 10-year treasury yield for the first time in all of history is below 1%. But anyway... I hope y'all learned a thing or maybe two things out of this entire podcast. But it's been your boy, Kalichi. Y'all stay safe wherever you're going. I pray God be with you. Do what you got to do. Stay strong. And I'll hit y'all up on the next one. God bless y'all. Peace.